Good evening and thank you very much for your welcome. Thank you Paul and uh, thank you everybody for uh, your welcome today. It's been so good to be with you and uh, we will be praying for you, praying for the student work as well. Uh, I think they've had their mission in Leicester this last week and uh, here you, you've got a good uh, week ahead of you uh, on the campus this week. Pray that God will really bless that and uh, uh, bring many to himself. Right, we're going to read from, sorry, we've already read from 2 Peter chapter 1, so please turn that up uh, on your devices or uh, uh, on your copy of the Bible, and uh, let's uh, look at what uh, this says. 2 Peter 1, and we're looking at the first 11 verses of this uh, chapter. <clears throat> My wife loves water sports and uh, swimming and so on. And uh, in the summer, we bought a couple of paddle boards. And uh, in October, we went on a holiday and uh, took these paddle boards with us. Me, reluctantly, I couldn't even stand up on the thing, but uh, uh, she's quite uh, balanced. Uh, And uh, away we went Uh, into the open sea. And uh, we were fine until we got caught by a riptide, a rip current that was, uh, as the tide was going out, it caught caught us. And, uh, um, well, I was okay. I managed to sort of uh, veer off. But unfortunately, my wife was swept right out, about a mile or so out to sea. And uh, she had the time of her life because uh, after about an hour, of standing on this platform she reached uh, and managing to swim to that. She was rescued by a speedboat and had a fantastic ride home after that. So all ended well. So don't be afraid. My wife is okay. She's she's well. And uh, uh, she, she uh, survived that, that experience anyway. Other experiences, uh, I managed to tip her off one once and... Uh, uh, into the river. So there we are. We have some fun on paddle boards. If you haven't got one, get one. You can have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of adventures. But uh, riptides uh, can carry you out, can't they? Can carry you away from safety uh, so very easily. Uh, the thing to do is to get to the uh, paddle along to the edge of them and then come off them. Now, a bit like what was happening for uh, the people that Peter was writing to. Uh, before he'd written to them, and they were experiencing persecution. Things were hotting up for the church. Uh, but now they're facing the pressure of false teaching. Uh, so this is what Peter says. If you turn over a, a page onto chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18, you'll see what uh, Peter says there. Second part of verse 17, chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Be on your guard so that you may, you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. In this letter he describes the, the false teachers, lawless people, and what they were uh, advocating and uh, uh, trying to draw people into. And he says, Be on your guard. Don't be carried away. Uh, don't be carried on this tide. How are they going to do that? How are they going to ensure uh, that they're not swept away? 
So here's Peter's answer, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a key verse, really. Because uh, this was the danger that they were facing in uh, for the people that Peter was writing to, and to Peter. Uh, there were dangerous currents there. He said the the answer to that is to keep going forward, keep growing, growing the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here he starts off his letter, so come back to chapter 1 and verses 3 to 18, and he urges them that they will make every effort that they might grow as believers. They would keep moving forward, keep paddling onward and not be swept away. Have you got that? I was doing some training with some guys in uh, in our church when we were down in Bristol, and uh, I came across this that Alexander Strauch had written. And he said, most Christians stop growing by the time they are 40. And that was pretty alarming to me. Right at the time, we were wanting uh, guys to really step up and uh, take leadership uh, and women in the church as well. Uh, right at that, uh, what we think is a, a peak, there's a tailing off uh, and a waning and uh, a stagnation, according to Alexander Strauch. And he had observed... Uh, uh, churches and Christians over many, many years. What do you make of that? It might seem a long way off to you. 40, it might seem a long way back to some of you. 40. But what about your Christian life? Are you going forward? Are you making headway? Are you progressing? Are you growing? Are you paddling forward? And Peter is saying, really, that if we're not, then we're in danger of being swept away by these false teachers and the horrible descriptions of them here in this letter. So that's the question. Are you growing or are you drifting in this letter? I want to say three things, really, three very simple things. First, you've got everything you need. You haven't got to look for something extra, uh, some lifeline to hang on to if you've put faith in Jesus Christ if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior you have in him everything you need here's what Peter says in verse 3 look at what it says there his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life now I remember having a uh, a new bathroom fitted in our house and uh, our plumber, uh, speaking to him before he came and uh, fitted it, he says, where are you going to get your equipment from? Because we had to go out and buy the kit and uh, then he'd come along and fit it. Victoria Plum, I said, online. He says, good. Anyone work at B&Q, please, quick. He says, don't go to B&Q. He says, because if you go to B&Q, you'll find something missing, taps, washers, or whatever it might be, nuts and bolts, and you'd be ended up going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and trying to get, this, trying to get the kit in. But uh, everything was there. Nothing was missing. It was all complete. 
here were these false teachers and they were claiming that they had the key to becoming divine. If you follow our ways, if you come to under our teaching, if you follow our lifestyles, uh, then you'll enter into the experience of being divine. Well, Peter is saying, no, he says, you've got everything you need already in Jesus Christ. Firstly, you've got our precious faith, he says. Look, look at verse 1. To those who the, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. This is the Apostle Peter, writing as one of the Apostles. He says, you guys that I'm writing to who've never met Jesus Christ, who've never been part of the band of disciples, uh, the original disciples, and yet your faith is as precious as ours of equal worth, of equal preciousness and value as ours. You think of that. That's just incredible and I'm so glad for that, aren't you? For you and I, here we are, 21st century, our faith that we have in Jesus Christ is just as valuable, just as precious as that which Peter had. And you've also got precious promises, God's precious promises. We've sung that song, we stand on every promise of God's word. Here's what Peter says, his divine power has given us everything we need through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, that's through his glory and through his goodness. His glory, that's the revelation of him through the apostles and uh, as they recorded the life of Jesus Christ and in his goodness, he's given us, verse 4, his very great and precious Promises, the same word precious as you've got there in verse 1. And that's great, isn't it? You and I have the scriptures here. And it's full, it's jam-packed, and every word here is utterly reliable because it's been given by the Lord himself and he's seen to it that what is written down as Peter goes on to say, is what he intended to be written down. He carried these writers along so that what they wrote down was uh, uh, what uh, he'd intended. Later on in the chapter. And so we've got these precious promises. You can rely on them. You can build your life on them. You can stake your all on them. I wonder what your favorite promise in the scripture is. Have you got one? I, I love that one. He's... Uh, Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the very end. You need to know that, don't you? When you're out there this week and you're up against it, perhaps in school or perhaps in uh, uh, university or college or it might be in the workplace and uh, uh, things are tough. It might be on the campus and uh, you're wanting to witness and there's opposition uh, and you're wondering how to handle this. He's with you. He's with you in that. For Peter, there were great promises that uh, he comes on to uh, in this letter about the return of Jesus Christ. The day of the Lord's going to come. He's going to come. How glorious that is. And he won't fail in those promises. His word is utterly reliable. 
count on it. And then, by believing, by believing these promises, you've become partakers of the divine nature in verse 4. Here were these false teachers promising them, yeah, you can become divine. You can be elevated in new experiences uh, by following our ways. Here's what Peter says. You have it already in Christ and you are already partakers of the divine nature. What has happened? They've been born again. God's Spirit has come to live within them. That's what happens when you become a Christian. It's not something that uh, you work up in yourself. It's not something that you just assent to a certain body of truth and uh, uh, and you put faith in Jesus Christ. He actually comes to live within you. He opens your eyes with faith. He gives you a turning heart in repentance. And he then lives in you forever. He indwells you. Your bodies, Paul says, they are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's a glorious truth, isn't it? I wonder if you've known that. You've been born again. Have you had that experience of your eyes being opened and seeing the wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he, the Son of God, died in your place for you, paying your sin debt, and you believed on him. And yeah, his word came alive to you. And you now want to follow him and live for him. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. That's what's happened. There's been a great escape. Yes, you once followed the course of this world. As Paul says in Ephesians, now you follow Jesus. You've escaped the corruption in the world. The problem in the world is not, uh, is not global warming and climate change. It's not that's not the biggest problem and the, it's not uh, the Cold War and uh, threats uh, east, west and, and so on. It's not uh, terrorism and it's not human tra- trafficking uh, and family disruption or COVID. The big problem is the human heart. It's the corruption within. It's the same word that Paul uses Uh, Peter uses in chapter 2 to describe these false teachers. They are corrupt. Significant that. And we've escaped that corruption. Don't be entangled with it again, Peter says. But uh, here he's saying, you have escaped the corruption that's in the world. That's a glorious thing, isn't it? You've been rescued if you're a Christian. You now belong to Jesus Christ. He lives within you by his Spirit. And you've got a new destiny that is the glory of his own presence in heaven. Now, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Are you confident that you have it all in Jesus Christ? You've got it all, Peter says. Precious faith, precious promises, partakers of the divine nature. Are you thankful for that? Do you know, some days can be gloomy, can't they? And... uh, uh, some days in the middle of uh, February, you can wake up and it's a grey day. Uh, some days are lovely and sunny, aren't they? But uh, you can feel pretty down, can't you? Monday morning comes and uh, the blues can start. But thank God for these three things. 
precious faith, precious promises, and partakers of his divine nature living within you. Next thing, you are to keep growing in maturity. I once arrived to preach. I forgot until uh, Peter and Jenny reminded me this morning I was once a young man. And uh, when I was a young man, I went preaching and uh, arrived in a place a long way from here uh, in another principality. And uh, sadly, in the night, one of their elders had died prematurely suddenly and unexpectedly, uh, and they were sad. They met me as I arrived, and uh, they told me this news, and uh, one of the other elders said this about this man. He was uh, uh, just about 60, I think. He died climbing. He didn't mean that he died in a climbing accident or anything like that. There he was. He was still progressing. He was still going forward. He was still growing. He was still on his way up. He was still doing what Peter says here. Add to your faith. So here in verses 5 through to verse 8, this is what, he, what he's on about. Add to your faith. The word there is mean invest. It's the word that the, uh, in the Greek dramas where they traveled around and circulated, they had to have a sponsor for the actors and the cast. Uh, and somebody would, at great cost, at great expense, invest in this theatre, invest in the actors and, and send them out into, into their, into their theatre and uh, to do their stuff uh, and uh, do their performances. And it's that kind of thing. Peter would say, make costly investment in these things. When uh, uh, years ago our family was increasing, we had to have a building uh, operation take place in our house, extend our house, and uh, it was fascinating to see it all developing. Uh, and uh, yeah, first of all, after the foundations, uh, we went away for that. It was so messy, uh, and uh, we came back two weeks later of a bit of a holiday, and uh, our builder Paul was uh, cracking on now with the with the breeze blocks, that's the stuff, that's the, the big blocks, uh, that's the inner layer. Uh, and, uh, wow, they're whacking great blocks and they go up pretty quickly. But then he had to do the facing bricks. Uh, and that was painstaking and slow. It was brick by brick by brick by brick, course and on course and from corner to corner and, and so on. It seems to take forever. It's that kind of building that Peter is talking about. It's not over in a flash. It's not something you just do. You add these things on, like your, your apps on your phone. You just click and add them on. But uh, this is adding on right through your life. It's a lifetime of building, a lifetime of putting effort in into these things. And it's not just 
making progress as if you're climbing a ladder and you, you, you got one thing under your belt and then you go on to the next and on to the next. It's the whole package. You see that the first is faith and the last is love and uh, as if those things encompass the whole. Uh, and there's a complete number there, uh, which also indicates that. Uh, so Peter says, you need all these things. Add them on to your life. Build them into your, into your life. Form your life. Shape your life in this kind of way. It's wonderful. You're partakers of the divine nature. That's the foundation. Build on it. Grow. Develop. Develop in these kind of ways. I wonder what kind of ways you expect. Well, Peter says, first of all, in goodness. What does that mean? I think it means this. It means doing good to all that you can. Here's what he says in his first letter, chapter 2, and first letter, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse Verse 12, that they may, this is talking about the pagans, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Jesus said the same. He talked about good deeds. Paul says it in Titus. He says a lot about it in Titus. And he did reminding in Crete. Peter says it here in chapter 1. Good deeds. They may see your good deeds. John Wesley said it. I think he said this. Do all the good you can to whomever you can, whenever you can, and wherever you can. That's pretty global, isn't it? And all-encompassing. Do it all the time, in other words. Wherever you are. Out there tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow evening. Through the week. Seeing what good you can do. I was reading this afternoon of uh, uh, some of the experiences of some of the churches in the pandemic and uh, in a magazine and uh, how they've done food bank work and uh, trying to do what they can to help and support the community and support people who are lonely. And then uh, there's a big call at the moment, isn't there, for people who are uh, isolated because of the pandemic and afraid to mix again to try and get them into society again, into mixing and gain the confidence again. There's so much we can do. You know, it's so different, isn't it, to how we've been in the last couple of years because we've been stay home, stay safe, just look after yourself, look after number one and uh, it's been very introspective and very selfish, really. In one sense, it's been necessary to some degree. But now, Peter is saying, think of others. Do all the good that you can for others. Reach out to others. And then, knowledge. Not forgetting the truths of the faith, but building on them. Peter's letter is all about remembering the truth. Remember the words I've told you. Over and again, he says this. What about you? Are you growing in your knowledge? Are you reading? Are you reading the scriptures regularly? It's so vital that we regularly read the scriptures. Get into God's word 
And there's so many good books, aren't there, that uh, you can read and and feed on. And uh, Good Book Company, there are lots of things there, and ten of those, they have lots of recommendations as well, and they'll sell you anything for a... Uh, for a discount price, but uh, and online you can just get hold of them just like that. It's been sad that there's been a demise of Christian bookshops, but uh, what an opening we've got on the internet to to obtain Christian books and uh, audio books and so on. So there's no excuse for us really. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's so many, so much good stuff out there that uh, that's helpful. I wonder what you what you're reading. You read anything from Mike Reeves? Read anything from Dane Ortland? He's he's written a great book, Gentle and Lonely. There's another one come out now. Somebody told me about this week called Deeper. That's uh, that's really good. And uh, there's lots of good stuff out there, isn't there? That uh, you can grow in your understanding uh, and in your Christian life. And then self-control. Uh, Peter speaks of here. This is so important. I remember we went on holiday once with uh, uh, to a friend's house. They'd gone away and they wanted us to look after. They had a bit of a small holding in North Wales and uh, they wanted us to look after their animals and their uh, and their plants and so on and uh, care for them. I don't know why they trusted me with uh, uh, stuff like that. But uh, uh, anyway, we, we did. Our kids uh, were allowed to ride their ponies. They had two ponies, paint box and chocolate. But, you know, our kids couldn't be bothered to get the saddle, saddlery out and uh, to bridle the horses, to bridle the ponies. They just wanted to ride bareback. Have you ever tried riding bareback? Well, if you ride bareback, you've got no control. You just go where the horse goes. Where the horse wants to go, that's where you go. And you, you can't influence it. You can't, you can't steer it. You can't turn it. And that's really what Peter is saying. Self-control. Don't be unbridled. Don't be out of control. In your appetites, in your lusts and and desires and and the things that you feed your life on. Watch out, he says. Be in control of of those things and, uh, and guard your life. And ask the Lord to help you in that. Bridle your temper. Work at that. Grow in these things, Peter is saying. And then perseverance, and perhaps the better rendering of that is in the ESV, and that is steadfastness. Steadfastness. That means growing steadily, not spurting forward and then conking out. It's often when we become Christians, First off, we're up and down, aren't we? And uh, uh, we blow hot and we go blow cold. And uh, uh, we're, we're on a high, on elation, and then some, something happens and we're crashed. And uh, Peter wants them to grow steadily, to keep moving forward steadily, uh, not in spurts and, uh, and fits. Kids grow like that, don't they, sometimes? that You watch, watch your kid growing and uh, the feet grow first. So if your child's feet are starting to grow, you know you're going to have to change their trousers and their uh, uh, and their jumpers and everything like that as well. 
air long. They're going to shoot up. They're going to sprout up as well. Peter wants these believers to grow steadily and grow in godliness. I wonder who all this is reminding you of. Who is this looking like? This description that Peter is saying of goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. Does it remind you of Jesus Christ? How are you going to become like him? I think it's by spending time with him. I love little gadgets. I'm not very technical, so don't give me technical stuff like a phone or anything like that. But a little torch is is great stuff. I've got a fantastic torch here that's solar-powered. What about that then? And it's, is it bright? Yep, that's really bright, isn't it? Because uh, what I do with that, I just put it out in the sunshine. If it's out in the sunshine, then it gets charged up. And it's lovely and bright. If I just leave it in my pocket or somewhere, then it gets dull. That's just like us, isn't it? If we're in, exposed to Christ, if we're near to Him, if we're with Him often, we become like Him. We shine the light that He has. I'm the light of the world, He says. Then He says, You are the light of the world. How are we going to shine? As he shines into us. Solar panel, solar powered. Let him shine on you. Day by day. Spend time with him. Live every moment with him. Going about your, whatever you're doing in the course of a day. In the house or in the work or in school or in college, in the university or on the campus, whatever it might be. Practice that he is with you. Speak with him often. Do everything with him. Godliness. You're growing godliness. And then in brotherly affection. Uh, I think that's better than, that's the ESV, better than mutual affection. I think this is talking about the affection that brothers and sisters have for one another. You think of a family and there's, yeah, when they're growing up, there's a lot of falling out and a lot of uh, tiffs and taffs and things like that. But uh, uh, when they get older, you know, they, they stick together. Or you threaten them from outside, somebody else comes along and uh, picks on one of them. They all stand together, brothers and sisters, and they defend each other, don't they? And uh, you touch one, you touch them all. Brotherly affection. That's how we should be. Loving each other. Loving the brothers. Peter has talked about this in chapter, in the first letter, in chapter 1, verse 22, he says, now that you've purified yourself so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. Paul said something similar. He says, you love each other, well, love each other more and more. Love practically. Love with care for each other. Look out for each other's needs. Listen out for one another's concerns. Pray for each other and uh, uh, find out the prayer needs uh, that others have, perhaps in your home groups, perhaps in, in the circles in the church. Help each other, support each other. And then 
real love, more than just mutual affection. Jesus challenged Peter, didn't he? Do you really love me with the love of God? He wants these believers to grow in that love, love for God and love for his people. When we love God, we love his people. We'll love as Jesus did. We'll love sacrificially. We'll love generously. We'll love with forgiveness and forbearance. Well, are you growing? I don't mean just with a head stuffed of knowledge. Do you know, if our heads are just stuffed with knowledge, we can become cynical critics and judgmental of others, can't we? With this all-round Christian living, growing in every sphere, with wholesomeness, with godliness, with faith, with love, with goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly affection and love. May God bless you in that and keep you growing. Then you'll not drift away. But instead, Peter says with great comfort here, what will be the result of all this? Well, three A's, abundant fruitfulness, assurance, and amazing hope. Abundant fruitfulness. If you possess these qualities, verse 8, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Really what he's saying, you will be fruitful. You'll be effective. There'll be an effect from your life upon others. There'll be an impact. He wants them to bear, be fruitful lives. He wants them to be a blessing to others. Not just to be blessed. We all want to be blessed by the Lord, won't we? We want to come uh, and meet together in this way and be blessed ourselves. But the great secret to the Christian life is to be a blessing to others, isn't it? May God help us to do that. Fruitfulness and then assurance. Lovely verses we've read in Ephesians. God chose us even before the creation of the world. While we were evil, before there was a, any good in us whatsoever. He set his love on us to make us his own. We haven't earned that. And he's rescued us. We've escaped the corruption in the world. And then in verse 9, we've been cleansed from our past sins. Isn't that a glorious thing? Are you grateful for that? He has done that for you. It's not something you've done yourself. Perhaps we need to re remind ourselves of that because in a sense this is uh, a sermon about doing, adding to your faith, uh, but don't get the idea that that's what Christianity is all about, do, 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 because it's what he has done for you. Relying on that that you're building on. I wonder if I can illustrate it in, uh, in this, this kind of way. Um, 
Religion. How do you spell religion? You can read that, can you? Do. It's do, 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 isn't it? All the time. How do you spell Christianity? You add two letters. It's done magic, eh? Done. You're relying on what Christ has done for you. Have you got assurance of that? What's the only place where assurance is gained? Relying on Christ. You've been cleansed from your past sins. Don't forget that. Don't be short-sighted and blind to that. You've been rescued. You've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust, as Peter says. And then you have amazing hope. Look at this. In verse 10, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. That's the same word again. Make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort to uh, confirm your calling and election or make your calling election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. You'll have assurance. That's what he's saying. And you will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. When Nero was emperor, about this time that Peter was writing, his popularity was waning. That's this one, why Peter was writing this in this kind of way. And so he decided to hold a lottery to try and regain his popularity. And the winner of the lottery would be invited to the palace, given a rich welcome to the palace. And it really was a rich welcome. There'd be a massive feast. And uh, the winner would partake of the feast. And they'd be given great gifts, perhaps slaves or a holiday home or something like that. Fantastic. Do you know, what about these Christians? Peter says, you're going to have a, a rich welcome. Where? Into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. What's going to happen? You ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Uh, and Pilgrim, uh, and Christian, as he, he crosses the river and he gets up to the gates and the, the gates open wide. And there's a, a fanfare of trumpets. And he's welcomed in into the glorious city of God. That's what you're going to get. There was once a missionary who'd uh, served the Lord many, many years in Africa and uh, came home to the United States and uh, disembarked from their ship before the days of uh, cheap flights and aeroplane flights. Uh, and commercial flights, and uh, arrived back in uh, in dock in New York, the same time as President Roosevelt, this is a long, long time ago in the 30s, disembarked from his safari holiday. And there was a two-hour delay while all these important personnel disembarked and all their luggage was taken off and the fanfare, uh, the band was playing and the, the bunting was out and everything like that. Two hours later, everything was removed and the, the band was no longer playing. 
And the ordinary passengers were allowed to pick up their luggage and go down the gangplank onto the dock. And this missionary couple had served many, many years. There was nobody to welcome them. There was no reception party for them. They just had to go and try and find some lodgings for the night before they carried on their onward journey. And they felt a bit miffed. And the man was a bit disgruntled. So his wife, with all her wifely wisdom, said, you'd better go and have a walk and sort it out with the Lord. And so off he went. Went for a little walk. And came back after a while. And she said, what did the Lord say? He said, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. It's going to be a rich welcome. We might not get a rich welcome in this life. We might not get much reward in this life. Don't look for rewards in this life. There's coming a day. We read it up this morning. Recompense and reward. Jesus is coming. His rewards are with him. And it will be a glorious day for his people. But all the glory will go to him. I wonder, that's where we're going. Are you motivated to grow? Are you in danger of drifting? Don't be swept away. There's so many currents out there, so many people that want to lead you astray, lead you away from Christ, will tell you you need some extras. You need this, you need that. You've got it all in Jesus Christ. You've got a precious faith in Him. You've got precious promises. You're partakers of the divine nature. He's given you all the, all the equipment, all the tools to grow on a good foundation of what He has done for you. And He'll give you great assurance. He'll make you fruitful. And you'll have a rich welcome. You'll have amazing hope. May God bless you and lead you on. And keep growing. Make every effort to add to your faith and for his glory and for his name's sake. Let's pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Holy Spirit that you have inspired the scriptures and we have in the scriptures everything we need. We thank you that we have such a faith in you, Lord Jesus Christ, who has accomplished a great rescue for us in that redemption you, you, you accomplished on the cross of Calvary, rescuing us from this corrupt world and cleansing us from our past sins. Lord, how amazing your grace to us. And thank you that you've given us all that we need, that we might grow, and we pray that we shall not stagnate, not drift. We know there are many dangerous currents out there. Lord, we pray that we will be going forward with you, step by step, in our lives. Help us to take spiritual stock of our lives and uh, to keep uh, pressing forward. Thank you for the amazing hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ of that rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. Thank you for the assurance you give to us. Our calling and election, you've made sure to us. 
And thank you for that fruitfulness you want us to bear in our lives. May it be so, Lord, for all your dear people here as we go out into this next week. And for Jesus' sake, amen.